This is the song of a male white-crowned sparrow in California. His song is how he communicates to the world. His song is how he finds mates and defends his territory. But you've heard birdsong before. Now listen to the background. <laughs> this sparrow lives in San Francisco, within earshot of the Golden Gate Bridge. Here, the bird must compete for airtime with the hundreds of thousands of people and cars who blare past on an average day. As human noise threatens to drown out birdsong, birds like the sparrow have adapted, and scientists have begun to notice. I think my research gives a voice to species around us that can't necessarily advocate for themselves. That's Jenny Phillips, currently a researcher at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. She studies how the noise we make is impacting how birds communicate. It just lets people know about how we as humans influence animal behavior and success, and that's kind of the first step to making change in the way we develop the world. Recording birdsong isn't so simple as leaving a mic out in open air and hoping a sparrow happens to flutter across it. Jenny says that finding birds is something that takes a lot of observation and patience. To record birds, you kind of have to be very quiet yourself and patient. So <laughs> I spend a lot of time hiking around outside looking for territories and basically, you know, spend time observing the focal bird for white crowns. It's usually the male that sings, although females do sing as well, and kind of figuring out where his favorite song perches are. Only after Jenny has learned those patterns can she record their song. But then I'll come back a day or two later and with all my recording equipment. And you kind of just have to sneak up on them and try and get a good angle. Um, you know, get the birds singing right at you to get a really nice recording. Once she has the song on record, Jenny analyzes the bird song on her computer. There's a few things she looks at. For instance, the lowest and highest notes a bird can hit, which are the bird's minimum and maximum frequencies. Jenny also looks at something she calls the bird's bandwidth. Bandwidth would be just the range, so the difference between that minimum frequency and the maximum frequency. So it's like, you know, a singer like Mariah Carey has a wide bandwidth. She can sing a lot, like a large range of songs. A normal person like me has a small bandwidth because I'm not a singer. Birdsong isn't just about what notes a bird can hit, it's also about how well it can hit them. Vocal performance, which is one of the main things I studied, is, is basically a measurement where you're um, kind of taking into account how fast a bird can repeat notes, so how fast it can go like da 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 but also the bandwidth of those notes. You can kind of think about it like dribbling a basketball. So it's easy to dribble the basketball fast if you're keeping it low to the ground. But if you want to bounce it high, it's you have to dribble it a little bit slower. So you can do kind of high and slow or um, low and fast. Unless you're a really good basketball player, then you can probably maximize both. So there's some performers that are high performers that can sing a song or a wide bandwidth. Um, while singing fast notes, while other lower performers can only uh, repeat those notes at a lower bandwidth. 
Jenny and her colleagues have found that city bird songs have changed. For instance, in order to stand out from the urban background noise, sparrows have had to adjust their frequency, singing at higher pitches. But at the same time, the bandwidth has decreased, they aren't able to hit as many notes. And their vocal performance has dropped, they aren't able to hit their notes as well. In order to make themselves heard in the city, those birds have literally become worse singers. And Jenny and her colleagues think they know how the City Sparrow's song is spreading. Dana Mosley, a biologist at James Madison University in Virginia, is one of Jenny's collaborators. And what we found uh, was really this new mechanism, or at least evidence for a new mechanism of how uh, bird populations have come about to be singing higher. That mechanism is through learning, through development, and through cultural uh, selection. If birds are choosing the higher frequency songs to adopt into, adopt into their repertoire, then they're going to have a more effective signal. We know that their signal would be less masked by that low-pitch urban noise. Another one of Jenny's colleagues is Liz Derryberry, a biologist now at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville, formerly at Tulane University in New Orleans, where Jenny was a graduate student. She's starting to think about sort of multiple sources of selection and how do those interface, and also thinking about not just communication, like the signal, but also thinking about fitness consequences, right? So how does this actually affect individuals' ability to breed? you know, successfully and raise young, you know, and for a population to persist in an area. Birdsong is far more than just what wakes you up on a weekend afternoon. Again, these sparrows use their song to mark their territory and to attract mates. When they don't sing as well, they're more vulnerable to urban wildlife and make it harder for them to reproduce. So we know, you know, humans aren't going anywhere soon, but if we kind of manage our noise levels, just kind of think about it and do our best to to do this type of mitigation, it gives animals the chance to cope and adjust to anthropogenic noise rather than just, you know, scare them away right away. And rural birds don't live in noise-free areas either. Even away from dense city centers, there are still plenty of humans making noise out in the country. For instance, take this recording Jenny made. May 5th, <laughs> they're cutting the hay next door. For Science Line, I'm Rahul Rao.